You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, The Dynamic Duo, Part 1. Enjoy. Father, we're here. We're ready this morning. We're ready to receive what you have for us. We recognize that you meet our needs by your Spirit and through your Word. And we receive all that you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're having a good time. Uh, Last Sunday's message is going to conclude our series, Year of the GPS, okay? So last Sunday's message is the conclusion of that series. However, our theme for the year is being led by the Spirit. And that's going to continue throughout the year. And we're going to start a new series today. And it's called The Dynamic Duo. Anybody know who the dynamic duo is? Who? Not Superman. Batman and Robin. Yeah, does anyone know who, who, who is Batman? What was his real name? In real, like when he wasn't in his costume. Bruce Wayne. Anyone know what position Bruce Wayne played on his little league team? He was the Bat Boy. <laughs> yeah, he was. No, actually, we're not talking about Batman and Robin. The dynamic duo we're talking about is you and the Holy Spirit. It's better than Batman and Robin. Yeah, it's you and the Holy Spirit. God, don't just expect 2015 to be just another year. Expect the fulfillment of God's promises in your life. Maybe you've been standing for something for a long time and the devil will try and discourage you saying it's not going to happen and it will try and get you to, to, to ease off of your faith, to back off, but don't do that. Put your feet down and make up your mind. I'm not backing up. I'm going forward in Christ. I'm going to fulfill God's plan for my life, become everything that he's created me to be in 2015 and beyond. I believe God wants us to make a shift in 2015. Jennifer talked about us worshiping God. And you know, when you worship God, the Holy Spirit's working inside of you. We don't even really think about that. We're just expressing our love to Him. But the Holy Spirit's working inside of us. And He's shifting things. I believe God wants us to make a shift into another gear in our lives. But it's going to require a change in our thinking. In other words, you're going to have to arrest some thoughts that have been allowed in your mind for some time. Some thoughts that are contrary to God's promises for your life. You're going to have to arrest some attitudes that may have been allowed in your life for a while that are contrary to the joy of Christ, to the peace of Christ. You know, Satan wants to disturb your peace. And anytime your peace is troubled, you know, you know some darkness is at work. God is the Prince of Peace, and He wants you to live in peace, untroubled, undisturbed well-being. So we don't mindlessly go through 2015 like oh, just another year. No, we're, our minds are focused on Christ. When we get up in the morning, He's the first thing we think about. When we go to bed at night, He's on our minds, He's in our hearts. When we're sleeping, we're thinking about Him. So we go through each day focused on his leading in our lives. 
And if discouragement or depression starts to knock on our door, we don't open it. They've got to go, they've got to go somewhere else. They can't come in. We're, we're in this thing. We're going all the way with Christ. We refuse to give in to anxiety, fear, worry, discouragement, confusion. We hear his voice. We know his voice, the voice of a stranger. We will not follow. So we want, we're being led by the Spirit. That's what we're talking about, the dynamic duo, the Holy Spirit and you. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you in this dynamic relationship into the fullness of your destiny. Don't let discouragement lead you. Don't let 24 inches of snow lead you. We don't make decisions based on the weather. The weather doesn't get us down. No way. If the weather is discouraging us, what does that say about where our focus is? It's on what's going on around us instead of who lives inside of us. Right? I've been, I've been saved for over like two and a half decades. I don't even know that I've noticed the weather. I'm not kidding. Because God is so amazing. Who he is just enthralls me. We want to be totally caught up in who he is, what he's done for us, and who we are in him. Amen. So here we are, this dynamic duo, you and the Holy Spirit, in New England in 2015. We have a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's dynamic. You have a a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. Do you know Christ himself is living right now inside of you? Now, literally, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, but he's living in you in the person of the Holy Spirit. You understand that? He's one God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is living in you, and boy, is, is this relationship dynamic. I like that word dynamic. I want to read you a couple definitions of the word dynamic. Dynamic means characterized by constant change, activity, and progress. We have a dynamic relationship with him. Characterized by constant change, activity, and progress. Well, let's talk about change. Who's changing? We are. He doesn't change, right? He's the same. Yeah, he doesn't have to. He's perfect. He's the total sum of everything that is right and holy and pure. No change required, but we're being changed. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to more glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So in this dynamic relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit, because you're spending time alone with Him, aren't you, during the week? Oh, don't live without that. I'm amazed at how many Christians make life decisions, but they're not spending time alone with the Holy Spirit and letting Him lead and guide and direct them in their social life, in their marriage, in their family, and where they work and where they live. Man, let Him direct you. So we're, we're spending time with Him, and as we spend time with Him, He's transforming us daily, more so into the image of Christ. 
That's what he does. He never sleeps. He's effectively working in us. Activity. Who's the most active one in this relationship? Us or the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit. He doesn't get tired. Yeah. In fact, Philippians 2.13 says, not in your own strength. You're not living life in your own strength, are you? You're sure to get tired if you do that. You're sure to get frustrated. You're sure to want to quit. You're sure to want to give up if you're living life in your own strength. That's one of the signs that we are. Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you. It's a dynamic relationship. What's he doing in there? He's energizing and creating in you power. The power and desire to will and work for his good pleasure, satisfaction, and delight. So there's change going on in us. The new creation that you are, your spirit, that new creation reality of your spirit is coming to the surface. It's being more evident in our lives daily. I'm stronger today than I was yesterday. Understand? There's more love showing up in our lives today than there was yesterday. We're going to love people more tomorrow than we do today. We're progressing, right? We make constant progress. Romans 8.21, speaking of activity, says we know that in all things, all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. We know that. We have a God that's working around the clock 24-7, seven days a week, every week of every month, of every year of our lives, and he never gets tired. That's an amazing God. So this is our relationship with him. It's dynamic. We're fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit every day. We're not in a religion. We're in a relationship. And the Holy Spirit is changing us. He's transforming us. He's actively moving in our lives. He's energizing us. He's creating in us the power and desire we need to go all the way. And he's moving us forward. Another definition of dynamic is this. Positive in attitude, full of energy and new ideas. Yeah, positive in attitude. We have a dynamic relationship with God. We're positive in attitude. We're full of energy and new ideas. Positive in attitude. Philippians 4.4. Can't get much more positive than this. Rejoice in the Lord always. The Amplified says delight. Gladden yourselves in Him. Again, I say rejoice. Now, that's a decision we have to make, right? To delight ourselves in Him. That doesn't automatically happen. God can't do these things for us. All that He asks is that we just put our faith in Him, that we open our mouths, that we speak His Word with our mouths and believe it with our heart. So I want to encourage you guys to practice rejoicing in Him. If it's a snowstorm outside, start praising Him. Say, thank you, God. You're moving in our lives. You're causing us to go forward in your plan and purpose. You're working all things out for our good. You're accomplishing the things that concern us. You're energizing and creating in us the power and desire to fulfill your plan for our lives. And you just begin to speak like that. You encourage yourself. We delight ourselves in Him. James chapter 1, I call this the old one too. James chapter 1, verse 2. Now, this just doesn't seem to make any sense to the world, but it does to us. 
consider it pure joy, my brothers, when everything's going right in your life. Well, that would make sense. Well, this says consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Wow. Why, why would that be a, a reason to rejoice? Well, because we know God's in us working, right? We know he's around the clock working all things out for our good. And verse 3, because you know, we're sure of this. The testing of our faith develops perseverance, right? Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. So if we're in the midst of a trial and a challenge and, and we quit and walk away, we're going to miss out on the, on the strength that the Holy Spirit wants to develop in us, right? Hallelujah. We're full of energy. No, no energy drink required. I won't drink energy drinks. You know why? I want my energy to come from inside. I have an internal supply. I don't want to rely on an external substance to pick me up. I don't want to rely on an external substance to alter my countenance. Right? I, want to, I want to teach my spirit, my body, to receive strength from my spirit. I want to train my flesh to, to, to draw from the energy and the power and the joy that's in our new spirit, okay? You want to train yourself not to lean on energy drinks or coffee even. I like coffee, but I don't drink it for energy, right? I drink it because I like the taste. Hallelujah. Now, there's sometimes we're driving all night like to Florida or something. I'll have a coffee around 2 or 3 in the morning, but I'm just having fun on vacation. Hallelujah. Do you ever drink those Starbucks things you can get at the rest stops there? What is that called? What did you get for me, Mariah? Frappuccinos. Those are good. All right. Hallelujah. Yeah, so we're in a dynamic relationship with God. We're full of energy. We're full of energy. <laughs> we are. We're not tired people. Unless we're trying to do things in our own strength, then we get tired. We get tired. But we're not doing that. We got faith in We're putting our faith in him daily to fill our days with the right activities, to lead us to the right place at the right time. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong. Be vigorous. <laughs> and very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So we're positive in attitude. We're full of energy. We don't complain. We never say like, oh, here we go again. We don't talk like that. No way. Why? Because our faith's not in what happened before. Our faith's in the God who lives in us. So we don't complain about the weather. We don't complain about how people have treated us or our social environment or our situation or circumstance because we're not looking to those things for our joy. So the snow doesn't affect our joy, right? How people treat us doesn't affect our joy because our joy is in Him. In His presence is fullness of joy. So if you're having trouble with joy in your life, get in His presence. Begin to worship Him. Let His joy grow inside of you. Oh, He's so good. He's so good. So we're going to be more joyful tomorrow than we are today. It's progress, right? And we've got new ideas, this dynamic relationship. Yeah, that 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 
So our relationship with God is not stagnant. It's never boring. It's exciting. It's the great adventure, right? So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God prepared to them that love them. Oh, well, I guess we'll never know what those things are then. No, verse 10. But God hath revealed them unto us. How? Through Comcast? Verizon? Fios? No, by His Spirit. So if you're spending more time watching TV than you are meditating on the things of God, you're not going to know His plan for your life. Right? We don't get wisdom from Comcast. Nothing against Comcast. But this is better than a cable connection. Right? This is the living God living inside of you. Right? God hath revealed the things that He's prepared for us by His Spirit. He's given them, He's revealed them to us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Verse 16, talk about new ideas. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that He may instruct Him? But we have the mind of Christ. Amen. Wow. Isn't that good? We have the mind of Christ. That means whatever ideas we need to be successful, whatever God's called us to do, we've got them. We've got Him. We're led by His Spirit. It's a dynamic relationship. It's a relationship in the kitchen, right? At the grocery store, the backyard, and the porch, and the garage, everywhere we go. This dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. We're focused on that. We're internal people. We live from the inside out, not from the outside in. When you live from the outside in, you become very needy. You, you become very dependent on external things. But as God's sons and daughters, as new creations in Christ, we're not dependent on external things. We're dependent on the Holy Spirit who's living inside of us. All right? So that's what we're talking about. Now I'm going to ask you to do something. I won't ask you to do this often, I don't think. But I'm going to ask you to pretend that you've never in your life read a Bible. All right? Pretend you've never come to church, never heard any scriptures at all or any preaching at all. Can you pretend that for just a few moments? And I'm going to ask you a question, all right? So you don't know anything about the Bible, don't know anything about God. You're just a person living on planet Earth. Here's the question. What do you think of when I say the word power? Let's shout it out. What do you guys think of? Muscles, good. Electricity, power advocate. There you guys go. <laughs> Good. Electricity, muscles. I don't want to rip my shirt if I fly. <laughs> Power, good. Electricity, muscles, what else? Race cars, speed, right? Yeah. Lasers, superpowers, good. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Now, how, like electricity, great example, something we take for granted. Um, but boy, when we don't have it, we notice it, right? Well, where do these things come from? Where does the fuel to, to make race cars go come from? Where does electricity come from? What are our muscles made out of? Let's look at Hebrews. Now you can read the Bible again. Hebrews 11. We're going to go back to the Bible. Hebrews 11, 3. And, I, and after we read this, I'm going to say something that's, that's very interesting. Hebrews 11 so we think of a lot of things when we think of power. 
But what are these things made of? Where do they come from? Hebrews 11 verse 3 says, Through faith, faith in who? In Christ, obviously, right? Through faith in Christ, we understand that the world, that's every material substance, oil, gasoline, electricity, our muscles, right? Everything in, in the material realm was framed by the Word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Why is that important? Because when I ask someone, what do you think of when you think of power, very rarely do people say words. They'll say things like nuclear reactors, lasers, you know, airplanes. But nothing is more powerful than faith-filled words. Nations have risen and fallen because of words. The Scriptures teach us this. We just read Hebrews 11.3. Now, I think it was back in October, we did a series called The Days of Our Lives on the Glory of God. And we, we took Genesis chapter 1 and we looked in-depthly into verses 1 through 3. But in verse 3, in, in an English translation, it, it says, God said, let there be light, and there was light. But if you look at the Hebrew, it's interesting. It says, and God said, there are two words there, light be. So things were not as God wanted them to be. There was darkness. There's no darkness in God. There was darkness covering the earth. He wanted light to be in the earth. So what did he do? He spoke. He said, light be. And what happened? Light came into being. Man might not understand this, but God does. This is how he operates. When something doesn't exist and you can speak, and after you speak, it exists, that's perfect power. That's better than Superman. I mean, Superman's got to run into a phone booth. He's got to change his clothes, take his glasses off, his hat off. Then he's got to fly, you know. And God just speaks, and it's done. This is the God we serve. He's perfect in power. He doesn't have to get up out of his throne to make something happen. He speaks, and his word accomplishes whatever it is he wants it to accomplish. Why is that important in our relationship with the Holy Spirit? Why are words important? Words have been trivialized by the church, the church as a whole. Because many believers don't understand what the Scriptures teach about faith-filled words, they're looking to other places to solve the issues of their lives rather than to the promises of God. And man, they want a 10-step plan. They want, you know, they want all kinds of different things. But the answer is just as simple as taking God's promise regarding your situation, speaking it with your mouth, and believing it with your heart. And don't quit. You keep doing that. So in your dynamic relationship, you are the dynamic duo, right? You and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, if you'll let him, will lead you to speak differently, to change your words. He will lead you to choose your words purposefully, not just to blah, 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 blah. 
but to think before you speak and to choose them. And, to, and, and before it comes out, there's a purpose behind it, right? Now, the last two Sundays, we looked at something that's so important. We looked at the promise of the Father. Jesus told his disciples to wait for the promise of the Father in Luke 24, 49. He was talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we saw that he prophesied. Jesus prophesied in Mark chapter 16, verses 16 through 18, the signs that would follow those who believe. And he said that those who believe will speak in new tongues. He's the first person in the New Testament to mention that. We talked about the significance of that. Please listen to those messages if you haven't heard them. Because the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something greatly misunderstood in the body of Christ. And as a result, you have believers living their lives, not experiencing the power that God has made available to them, okay? So Jesus prophesied this, and we saw in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that Jesus said that you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, what is that word power? In the Greek, that word is dunamis, okay? That's where we get our word dynamite from. It means power. It means strength. It means ability, Okay, it's where, where the word dynamic comes from. The dynamic, I think, comes from originally the Greek word, I don't know how to say it, dunamikos, and then which comes from dunamis. So power, Jesus said power. You'll receive ability. You'll receive strength after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And if you remember, what was the first sign to manifest in the new church that was born on the day of Pentecost? Speaking in tongues. New words. Power will come upon you, and the first sign of that power is they changed the way they spoke. That's very significant. It was never meant to be an issue that's debated upon. The standard has been set in the book of Acts for the New Testament church. And we saw that when the, when the apostles went to visit others, the first thing they asked them, have you received the Holy Spirit? It was a priority to them. This dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit is a priority to God. To speak in new tongues, to pray with your spirit. A spirit to spirit conversation with God without your brain tripping you up and getting in the way. I encourage you to do that, to spend time each day praying. If you pray in the Spirit 15 minutes every day, wow, let's say 10 minutes a day. At the end of one year, you would have prayed perfect prayers for 3,650 minutes. Wow. See, our brains, our brains are limited in what they can do compared to our spirits. So the Holy Spirit will lead you if you'll let him to speak faith-filled words, not to complain. I mean, we're, 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 there was recently where I was watching something with the family or watching something on TV, and I, I made a couple comments, and the Holy Spirit checked me. So I shouldn't say that. It wasn't uh, anything that anyone else I don't think would even notice, but in my heart I said, you know what, I don't need to talk. There's a little bit of negativity in that, and I don't need that. That's not, that's not how God speaks. There's, I don't need to criticize Right? 
So he changes the way we speak. So the church, the New Testament church that we're all a part of, began by surrendering their tongues to him. How important are our words to God? We're just going to read through some scriptures right now on the power of words. Now, sometimes when you talk about these things among believers, they think you're coming up with a new philosophy. You know, that this is just, this is the ABCs of, of the Bible. Now, we're going to go to James chapter 3. Let's go there first. And we're just going to read through some scriptures because if we want to fulfill our destiny, we've got to realize how important our words are to the quality of our lives. You can't be a whiner and fulfill your destiny. You can't. It's not possible. That kept God's people out of the promised land. He wanted to bring them out of, out of bondage into the fulfillment of his promises, but they were whiners. And he said, it will be done to you as you, ha as you have spoken. It's going to be done to you. Right? We, we, you, you can't, whining is not an option for us. Complaining is not an option. We're different people. We're new creations. And I, I'll share something before we read James chapter 3. Now, I, I've had the privilege of being in full-time ministry. Uh, I think it's about 16 years, in my 16th year. And in full-time ministry, you get to see a lot of things. And I've seen people do things you think people would never do. I've seen pastors do things you think pastors would never do. And, and sometimes you have an opportunity to talk with them about that. Or they may come to you from help. And without fail, I'll notice, first thing I do is listen to how they talk. Because yeah. it's very revealing. And without, without exception, if they'll just change the way they talk, that situation will turn around. And those who were willing to do it, I saw the situations change. Those who weren't, just kept on going in the wrong direction. That's what James says, James chapter 3, verse 2. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says... He's a perfect man. That word means mature. doesn't mean never makes a mistake. God is perfect. That means mature. He's, mature. he's a mature man. He's able to bridle the whole body as well. You can lose all the weight you want by changing the way you talk. God says if you'll change the way you talk, if you'll control your tongue, you can control your body. What does being overweight come from? I joke with my kids. I say, I got to get rid of Charlie here. Your body's telling you to eat more than what you need. That's being led by our flesh, right? Our body, you get discouraged, you get bored, your body says, go to the pantry, you know, have some peanut butter, right? No, we're led by our spirits, right? You can, you can, you can be set free from any addiction, from anything that would bind you by simply changing the way you speak. Yes, yes. And if you're, if you're in a bondage to something, addiction, you begin to say, I'm free from whatever that is. Yes. I'm free from, from addiction to food. I'm free from addiction to Dunkin' Donuts or whatever it might be, right? You begin to say that with your mouth. Yes. And there's people who won't do that. They'd rather, you know, go through a, a long, arduous process then enjoy the simple freedom that comes by speaking with our mouth and believing with our heart. Now, if we put the bits into the horse's mouths so that they may obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Behold the ships also. 
though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder. Wherever the inclination of the pilot desires, what is the significance of that? So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. Behold, how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. Marriage is the worst marriage can become fruitful and, and a dream if the husband and wife will change the way they speak. Nothing can be fixed by the tongue. The tongue is that powerful. James chapter 1, verse 26 says, if anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, complains, whines, right? They deceive, the, their, their, but deceives his own heart. This man's religion is worthless. So we can go to church. We can be involved in all kinds of community things. But if our tongue is not bridled, it's all worthless. Wow. I mean, I, I'm just reading here. If, if I can understand English at all, this is pretty important to God, right? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty significant. We're not trying to create some new philosophy here. This is not some new movement that we're introducing. This is just the Bible. Oh, let's, let's, let's look at this now. Proverbs 18, verse 20. Proverbs 18, verse 20. I mean, how, God knows that God has the answers for us, doesn't he? Yes, he does. But oftentimes we don't go to him directly. Sometimes he's like number 17 on the list, right? After we've searched, we've Googled and called our friends and, right? And then, okay, we've, all right, now we better pray. No, no way, not us, man. We're connected. We're in a dynamic relationship with him. If we have an issue, he's the first one we talk about it with, right? And we expect an answer because he loves us that much, right? Proverbs 18, 20, with the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. Amen. Yeah, there's times my, my Charlie tells me he wants to eat. I say, no, you just had dinner. You don't need a, a King Dong or a Ho-Ho or at 1030. We don't have any in our house, but whatever. A cookie. We do have some cookies. Dana made some cookies. They're pretty good, too. Yeah, you got speak to speak to your stomach. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips. Now, are you ready? I mean, how significant is this? Here we go. Verse 21. Is, I didn't write this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Yeah, that's, that's the full scope. Death to life. That's the full range of what we know on earth. And it's all here. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Wow. So powerful. The Holy Spirit is teaching us to speak differently. So we've got a guard over our lips, right? We realize this is a weapon. It can be used to heal or it can be used to hurt. Proverbs 16, 24 says, Pleasant words are a honeycomb. A big, big bite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that commercial for honeycomb cereal? Uh, maybe not. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Whew. Yeah. Do you ever speak to your bones? 
Don't you accept osteoporosis? That's not for you. Jesus bore it on the cross. Don't ever accept that because you're such and such an age or because this runs in your family, you have it. No, you've been redeemed from it. We have strong, healthy bones. Our elbows are strong. Our forearms are strong. Our knees are strong. What do you call these bones down here? Tibia, fibia? What do you call these things? Tibia? Tibias are strong, right? How many bones do we have in our feet? It's like a bunch. Yeah, 108, I think. I don't know. Yeah. No, not right. How many bones in the body? 206. I don't know. Anyway, you got a lot of them. Speak to them. They're strong. Speak to them. Your words will heal your bones. Hallelujah. Strong bones. Thank you, God, for strong bones in our body. Hallelujah. We speak to our bones right now. We thank you for healthy tibias, fibias, femurs, hip bones, spines, discs, cartilage, knees, elbows, shoulders. Thank you for healthy shoulders, Lord, in us right now. Thank you, Lord, God. The shoulders rotate freely and perfectly. Thank you, Lord, for full movement in our joints. Thank you, Jesus, for taking arthritis on the cross, for taking osteoporosis on the cross, and that by your wounds we are healed. At every age, every day of our lives, you have ratified this. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. Proverbs 13.3, the one who guards his mouth preserves his life. Wow. This is huge. This covers every area of life. The one who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Oh, man. Wow. Makes me really want to say the right thing, right? And if I don't know what to say, I'd rather say nothing at all, right? Than to say something that, that, that wouldn't produce fruit in someone's life. One more scripture, then we've got to, we're going to stop. Proverbs 12, 18. Wait, so actually, you know what? Uh, speaks rashly. Yeah, let's do Proverbs 12, 12, 18. There is one who speaks rashly like the thrust of a sword. Ooh. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. Amen. Actually, I do have one more. I'm sorry, one more scripture. The tongue of the wise brings healing. This is what I want to get to. Proverbs 10, 19. Where there are many words, blah, 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 blah. Have you ever met someone that just keeps on talking? Where there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. But he who restrains his lips is wise. Look at the message. (laughs) The more talk, the less truth. The wise measure their words. We're being led by the Holy Spirit. He will teach you to measure your words. Just like you're, you're making a, a recipe, right, Dana? A cup and a half of health, a cup and a half of, of joy you need right now, a cup and a half of strength in your digestive system. Whatever it is you need, you speak to it, right? So we're going to spend a little time. We're going to continue next week talking about this dynamic relationship that we have with God. And we're going to see next week that there's a major connection between your words, the words that you speak and believe, and how much the Holy Spirit can operate in your life. All right? 
So we'll continue next Sunday. Father, we thank you for this time together. You're great, O Lord. You open our eyes to understand things that man doesn't understand. You reveal things to us. You reveal to us the very answers that we need to reign in life. We have received the abundance of your grace and the gift of your righteousness. And we thank you, God, that you've given us everything we need to win. That we speak with our mouths your promises and we believe them with our heart. And that your word transforms and changes us daily. We thank you for it, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this dynamic relationship we have with you. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. We invite you to take God at His word, embrace who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Put your trust in Him today and taste and see how good He is.